Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, a story of spiritual awakening, spiritual communication, healing energies, and ways to know your intuitive soul guidance system. I am most delighted today to welcome Sue Lilly, author of The Practical Guide to Crystal Healing, co-authored with her husband, Simon Lilly. Hello, Sue, and thank you for joining us today on Healing from Within. Yes, thank you for asking me. Sue, as listeners of the show are well aware, my guests and I share intimate remembrances, recollections, experiences, and insights, and uh, our metaphysical search of self in order to raise our level of awareness to higher levels of consciousness uh, that readily affect personal self-development and the mastery of emotions for a more aligned physical life experience. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Sue Lilly will share her expertise about crystals and the way they have been admired, used, and understood almost from the beginning of time. Sue and her husband, Simon, have been involved in many aspects of healing for over 30 years. They have both studied crystal healing, color healing, flower essences, and kinesiology. Sue also practices soul and medical astrology. Sue, I always love to ask my guests to think back to childhood and remember a person, a place, or event a value they may have held as a child that may have been a sign of the interests and work and lifestyle they would live as an adult. So think back for a minute to your earliest recollections. Well, interestingly, um, some of the things I remember from very young uh, are books that were read to me or books that I read. And um, The Hobbit was a book that um, stuck in my mind. And I really, although he was evil in the book, I really liked the dragon Smaug. And that was a sign you were interested in, perhaps, the imagination or metaphysical or things that other people may have thought were just impractical, but to you they were very, very real. Yes, that's right. Yes. I was that kind of kid also. Big dreams, <laughs> big thoughts, mm-hmm. and a big imagination. Now, when and where did you first encounter crystals? Uh, my first encounter with crystals was whilst I was doing a yoga teacher's course. Um, and we had people on that course who used to cut crystals for Ra Bonivitz or Ron Bonovitz, as he now called, and he's now known. And um, they invited him to come to talk to the students who were on the course. And so this is now uh, 1978. And so that was my first encounter with crystals. And what was it about him or the crystals that piqued your curiosity or made you thought, you know, you had to learn more or know more yeah, about it, these. It was just that they were so beautiful. And because my training um, in my teenage years was in physics and chemistry,
um, they were very rare. Mm. Uh, and, um, so, and so, yeah, so you just didn't see them all the time. They weren't crystal shops to be had. Yes, but when you saw these and, and listened to him, something about this struck a deep core in you, and you just wanted to know more. Now, it's very interesting, but crystal healing works through the interaction of the stones and your body's natural, subtle energy. So, unlike modern medical treatments, the the use of these stones, though they have no obvious scientific rationale or data, do have something to do with helping the body to clear and dispel negative electromagnetic impulses because the body works on electric impulses the heart and the brain uh, so uh, the stones have some way or crystals of working with this whole system and you know it's very interesting when my daughter was little uh, she was a child actress and uh, she went in for an audition and they asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up and she said a geologist because I love to look at the stones the colors and the shapes and the different sizes and you you know I don't even know where that came from (laughs) because as you say that was in about 1975 and uh, there wasn't that much interest in that at that time so instinctively from within her she had some kind of interest of her own and she was a very talented creative young personality so I, I never forgot that <laughs> and you know they, they didn't either and she did get that job <laughs> that time so you know they were used to people saying other things other than that so let's, mm-hmm. let's go on to um, mankind's use of crystals and gemstones uh, has always sort of appeared to exist between science and magic, practical rationality, and maybe poetic imagination. Uh, so tell us about that. Uh, how did you first use crystals after you became interested? And what were some of the results that you saw from dealing with people? Well, I first... Um used crystals um, I think some of the first crystals I bought I know I bought a crystal pendulum which I still have um, and I started um, playing around with crystals making shapes on the floor and sitting in it um, making three dimensional shapes with crystals and sitting in it and of course this led on as time went on to some of the the work that Simon and I did in practical uses of using crystals. Um, so, so you saw that some patterns and geometric shapes that you were using the crystals in those patterns had more effect, more of an effect on helping people to release some of their stresses or some of their medical problems or perhaps emotional problems. It was yes. by hit and miss. Or were you trained by other people who were showing you how to set up some of these patterns? No, these were things that I intuited um, uh, and we intuited to try out. Yes. And the thing is, you try things out for yourself, Mm -hmm. Beth, 
but then you ask other people to try them out. And, of course, that's when you start to see that if you use crystals in patterns, that there is more of a consistency of people's reactions than there is just with a single crystal. Absolutely, yeah. So um, we'll go on to um, what would you consider your areas of expertise in relation to crystals? Absolutely, finding practical ways of using crystals as healing tools as opposed to just popping one in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, and, uh, some, people, some people just uh, can hold a stone and start to feel the energy of it. I know uh, many, many years ago when I was starting my work, a psychologist from Puerto Rico told me that I needed to have a ruby and um, to use that would enhance my Reiki energy healing work. And so I went to a friend who was a jeweler, and he handed me three stones. And I didn't want to spend a tremendous amount of money, but I still wanted it to be something valuable and good to do the work. And and I felt each one in my hand. I closed my eyes, and a few times I did this with each of the stones. And one of the stones generated a lot of heat in my hand. I could feel the difference. So I selected that stone, and I've been wearing that ring ever since when I do work because it was I was guided to do that and it was suggested to me and I followed through on it and that's the first time I realized uh, that stones do have a different vibration and quality they may look alike but they're not alike <laughs> everyone is unique just like people right yeah just and, and that is and that is that is most people's experience of uh, crystals, gemstones, and stones. Um, but my area of expertise, our area of expertise, is using patterns of stones that give consistent um, effect on people. So it's not something that is um, an individual um, reaction to a single stone, but is something that is a consistent across the board and of course if you're using crystals as a therapist mm-hmm. it's actually quite handy to know techniques that you've got a fair idea what the outcome is going to be and that's our ex- area of expertise mm-hmm. I understand yes it's like with my Reiki training I studied many other modalities cranial sacral and reflexology and with each different technique I was able to add within me new abilities to work with the energy so it's a constant process of growth and learning and as you say in being intuitive or aware of um, the guidance that's coming in from above to help you perfect and go further and using the stones probably for different clients in different ways because they have uh, different health issues or emotional issues and uh, what will work for one might necessarily be the right combination for someone else 
So that's very true. Now, when did you first start teaching crystal therapy? And if you could share with us a story of a memorable a student you had, someone who <laughs> left their mark on you or <laughs> you, you know, were delighted with. Yeah. I um, started teaching crystal therapy in 1989. Um, Simon and I started working for... Um, some people who were then running the Institute of Crystal and Gem Therapists. A couple of years after that, um, we actually took over from them. So um, we've been teaching crystal therapy for quite a long time now. Um, There have been a lot of um, memorable um, events, as you can imagine, both as, as teachers over that time, um, but also um, as uh, therapists over that time as well. And um, one of the things that came to mind um, as you were talking was we were teaching in Japan and we had um, some students in a layout that we call the EarthNet. Um, and it's a, a, a pattern of, of, of eight stones. And it's very, very good for anchoring people to the planet and realigning their bones and their muscles and while some of the students were in this layout um, we had an earthquake Wow! (laughs) Uh, and it was one of those when the floor looked as though it was a bit like the sea Mm. you know you could it was very peculiar and anyway well um, it didn't last very long but the people who were in the nets didn't feel it Interesting. The, the, the rest of us were, were sort of hanging onto the wall. So, you know what it was? They were protected by exactly. the energy surrounding them in order to do the job that had to be done for them. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it's like when I work with, with a client doing Reiki, and I say to them, you will be in this still, comfortable place. And even if a truck drives by outside or a book drops, you will not budge and you will not be affected by the vibration outside of the channel of energy that we are bringing healing, th- you know, channeled through me to them. It's a similar type of thing. Oh, I find that really fascinating. <laughs> Great. So, you know, if we put aside the rational scientific viewpoint uh, that we have come to equate with intelligence and also with common sense, and we look at the world in a more immediate and sense-oriented way, we can perhaps get an idea of how our ancestors perceived crystals at the very beginning. And you wrote this. From this more poetic and magical perspective, when something reminds us of another object, we see a link, a resonance, a connection between these things. Therefore, a crystal sparkling in the darkness has a resonance with the stars in the night sky. A redstone has within it the heart and heat of embers and the energy of blood. The connection is immediate and obvious to the senses, whereas today we consider such links to be coincidental. In the past, they had a valuable significance. Now, 
really nothing's coincidental. My first book is Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection. There are no coincidences. There are just guidance and messages from spirit to inspire us and to lead us to have our best soul journey here. So I found that passage that you wrote very beautiful and very truthful. So it's not a coincidence. The work with stones, the work with healing energies are within us already to discover. You found it as you found it or it found you as I found the Reiki work that I do. And as it was meant to be. So let's go on to, do you have any favorite crystals? Your book is beautiful. You have so many pictures and so many wonderful descriptions and so many plans how to use the crystals. Uh, But it's very um, detailed and concise, and people can really get a lot out of it if they're new at it or even if they have... uh, uh, been aware of this for a while they will get something more out of looking at your book so what are your favorite crystals and is there any crystal oh. you don't like well there's, there's certainly no crystals I don't like um, my favorites would probably surprise people um, maybe some bit um, I definitely have a thing for opals and I always have had a thing for opals um, I l- like black tourmaline. I like red tourmaline. Um, and um, I like uh, a stone you don't come across a lot, but one called covalite, which is a, a soft um, stone um, of uh, copper um, that is like midnight blue with silver streaks going through it. God, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. But I must admit, um, a red tourmaline rubellite um, definitely um, makes me feel as though I want to eat it, and that's always a good sign. You know what? It's really funny because I wrote down tourmaline, and I wrote a few uh, of the information or facts that you gave, and, and what you wrote is it's found, tourmaline is found in every color, the black variety is sometimes called shawl. When black mm-hmm. tourmaline is translucent, it may have a brown or dark green tint, and it deflects many types of harmful energy and can be worn on the body or placed in a space for protection. This crystal works with your core structure, easing muscles and aligning the skeleton. It can also help to align a person or space with the energy of the planet. So grounding, it's good for grounding. Uh, mm-hmm. Black tourmaline has a stabilizing effect on the physical, mental, and spiritual levels of being, and it is an excellent grounding stone. So I, <laughs> funny of all the things, I wanted to just write down a few that sort of appealed to me. And the same one appealed to you also. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, what do you think the future holds for crystals and crystal work? I think it really, because there are, there are several strands of how people work with crystals. And I think also today um, there's a lot of, because crystals, marketing of crystals 
is a very lucrative um, thing to be in. And so sometimes I think the marketing goes overboard a little. Um, and I think that, so that's one problem that there is with crystals at the moment. Um, but I also think there are, there are different ways of working with crystals. There's the, um, the sort of thing that this crystal will heal me for this problem. And well, there's also, there's well, also this. Yes, yeah, Sue, what would you suggest if a person is really uh, beginning to be interested in crystals? How should they proceed so that they could get the best, mm, you know, reliable professional way of dealing with this without the commercial marketing aspect of it? What would you well, the suggest is, they do? Yeah. Well, the thing is that, um, uh, uh, uh high percent percentage of crystals for sale are types of um, quartz in its various um, presentations mm -hmm. and we often say to people just get a selection of colours of um, the quartz based tumbled stones which shouldn't cost you very much um, and um, make sure you've got a good rainbow selection of colours a few black ones to help with the with the grounding, and maybe a few small clear quartz points to help with pushing energy around, and start with that. Of course, the problem is that it's like being in a sweetie shop, in a candy shop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's like as soon as you start, then you just want more. Yeah, you might not <laughs> always pick what's right for you, but eventually you'll get to the right ones. Now, crystal therapy in alignment with other healing modalities, energy healing uh, treatments, uh, provide a holistic way to treat and heal and also to prevent many conditions. So we were saying before, tourmaline can help in a way of grounding. And when you're grounded, um, you'll be in a state of balance and harmony so less things are going to disturb or hurt you. Now, what successful tips for healing uh, using crystals can you suggest? Well, I think... Um one of the things that crystals as a whole do very well is that they, they're they quite, uh, or in fact, they're very, very harmonious and ordered in their energy. And, of course, human beings are anything but ordered in their <laughs> that's, energy. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and crystals and humans, what happens is the crystals help to teach or to encourage the human energy to become a little bit more coherent and so sometimes it doesn't really matter what crystal it's sometimes it's the one that is your favorite mm. um, and that's usually a good place to start yes you also suggested it's possible to be seated or might even be better to lie down on a yoga mat or blanket to wear loose clothing and remove all bulky and metal items, phones and watches and jewelry uh, so that the energy of the crystal can help align your own body and take plenty of time to relax. You suggest this after a session so um, before you resume normal activity 
and drink a little cold water because our body is a system of electromagnetic impulses and water is very good to help release anything that the stones or energy healing treatments uh, will do. So it's pretty much the same for working with crystals as the Reiki energy healing that I do. And the suggestion would be much the same for how to prepare, be comfortable, be in a quiet place, and perhaps do short, regular sessions, not just once in a while, uh, but get in a pattern of doing it once or twice a week uh, so that it will have more of a connected and, um, you know, uh, more of an ongoing benefit but it's also as well is your body learns to be more coherent and it's much better to have little short lessons regularly than having one lesson once a month yes you know, because the, bo- the body will tend to go back to its familiar pattern and if its familiar pattern is one of discomfort and dis-ease in the proper sense of the word then um, gentle regular nudgings um, is much more likely to have an effect on the long term. Yes, and we're looking for long-term effects and help. You know, I had a very interesting story. Years ago, uh, someone walked over to me in my showroom, and uh, he said to me, I'm going to give you these two stones. One is for your husband and one is for you. Keep them close by, and I still have them. One was a larger black stone, and one was a smaller golden stone. So mm-hmm. what would that mean to you? Well, it's interesting. It, it doesn't really matter what it means to me. The fact is it means something to you. And, and it's very interesting because people tend to think that the bigger the stone, the better. No, that's not so, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's actually, as you know, it doesn't work like that. You can have a really tiny stone, but if it's the right stone in the right circumstance, it will do the trick. And, and I think this is another thing that people don't realize, is that um, it's all about being the right stone at the right time. And it doesn't matter whether it's cost you uh, a couple of cents or it's cost you two or three hundred dollars. It's pointless if it's not the right stone. Well, for me, it sort of meant I was a solar personality. And perhaps the dark one is like a tourmaline, right, that we just Mm. talked about, a protector, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a stone of protection. So that makes kind of sense. And I, I did keep those stones. I still have those stones. And this was many, many years ago. And when I think of how he came in, I know it was no so coincidence that he walked in and everything he said to me was absolutely on the money and helpful, Mm -hmm. very helpful and very kind that he gave me those two little stones to see me through all the changes that would be coming in my life. So I want to thank you, Sue Lilly and your husband, Simon Lilly, authors of The Practical Guide to Crystal Healing for creating a book of beauty and wisdom searching into the workings of the soul, mind, and body. And the book is filled with beautifully clear pictures and descriptions of crystals and techniques which can enable us to know more about ourselves. And using these crystals, we can tap into the healing energies of our life force and planet. 
For more information and to purchase the book, go to Sue Lilly, L-I-L-L-Y, dot com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Sue and I have discussed the practical ways to understand and use crystals for some typical aches and pains, and also spiritual development, and we have discussed how to feed the spirit, shifting from one state to a more prosperous state of being by removing some of the negative patterns and using meditation with crystals to become aware of spiritual realms, perhaps even past lives, as all energy modalities and tools for healing explore the realm of physical and metaphysical life. And it is in knowing both aspects of life that success, health, and prosperity are encouraged and enjoyed. Sue wrote, Holistic healing addresses the underlying weaknesses that have allowed physical symptoms to arise. To treat the same set of symptoms, one person may require balance at a physical level, while another might find it more effective to work on emotional stress. For true healing of a condition to take place, stress will probably need to be released from several different areas of your being over time. And moving forward in life requires a harmonious equilibrium between letting go of the old and welcoming the new, discarding the familiar and accepting the unknown and untried. Human beings seem predisposed to appreciate constancy and certainty and to reject uncertainty and upheaval, even though the nature of existence is constant change. Moving forward often requires us to remodel our self-image to some extent, and thus many spiritual disciplines aim to break down the self-created boundaries that tie us to limited views of who we are, encouraging us to redefine our existence in a more integrated way. Sue and I would have you know that the balance between mind, body, and spirit and the world we live in is a complicated process of renewal, acceptance, and finding ways to reconnect to all aspects of our energetic and physical life. Begin to find the tools and skills, stones and energies that can heal and improve your view of the grand scheme of life and add immeasurably to finding greater balance, harmony, happiness, and peace. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing From Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to the authentic authors and leaders in the scientific, medical, and metaphysical fields of energy and their insights into healing and living well in our ever-changing world. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.